Welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, and joined, as always, by a nice and recovered, very healthy Dakota Lasky. Dak, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, those were two weeks of hell. I feel 100% now. I feel great. Um, doing last week's episode certainly helped and put some nice energy back into my body, but now I'm all the way there, feeling good. It's super ridiculously hot out, and I turned my AC off to do this, so I'll be melted probably by the end of this, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode. Glad to be talking some more Metroid, and uh, great, you know, great to hear your voice again, Andy. How you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, can't complain. It's a beautiful day. It's uh, I, I burnt the heck out of myself, uh, speaking of hot, uh, last week, so my face looks like a little ripe little tomato right now, but oh, no. uh, you know... I, can't complain. Yeah. Um, what uh, what a lot of people weren't complaining about was our show last week. Uh, we weren't sure if you were going to, you know, kick out and be able to record. So we brought in Elias Thompson to join us. Uh, for some reason, I think that people seem to enjoy his guest spot, but uh, <laughs> but not not me. By God, we're going to try and wash away the stink of Elias this week by answering one of the questions that we didn't get to last week, and that was what is our ideal plot. For Metroid 5. But before we get there, uh, a few things to talk about uh, really quickly. There was a ginormous leak of uh, Nintendo 64 beta uh, prototypes and and all sorts of other goodies that uh, that came online officially earlier this week. Um, Dak, I know that you were pretty fired up about this. Why don't you walk us through kind of uh, what stuck out to you? Yeah, so obviously as Metroid fans, we we didn't really get to get in on the fun because there there was no N64 Metroid game, which is something we'll be talking about in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, I thought this was really awesome because there were so many cool things that got revealed. Obviously, the big Luigi was actually supposed to be in Super Mario 64, which was like, we kind of knew that, but not really. But now it's confirmed. L is real. I thought that was so awesome. Uh, you know, all the, the beta assets from that and like the the uncompressed like renders and sound files that were released. I, I heard Luigi sneeze for the first time in the N64. Like that's, I don't know, that was bliss for me. Um, and then stuff like even from Ocarina of Time, like there was a potentially like a boss rush mode, like the early Kokiri Forest, um, some of the Zelda 2 and like Super Nintendo stuff got leaked as well. I know there was like a Luigi pixel like flipping off the camera and like an early beta Yoshi. Star Fox 2 was supposed to have a human character. There was supposed to be like a, a castle town or like a city kind of track in Mario 64, uh, Mario Kart 64 that was kind of hinted at in an interview, but now we actually got to see it. And I think it might have been based on the castle town from Ocarina of Time. Um, and then there was even the, the diamond and pearl leaks, like the beta assets from that. I don't know. There were some really cool leaks. I've, I've been retweeting it on my Twitter and all the, all that stuff, the, the files. And there was like a new, like enemy found in super Mario 64. That was kind of like a early, like Chuck. It was like a, you know, a, a combination, of like a bomb bomb character too. And a bully. Um, I don't know. I thought the leaks were so awesome. I'm sure a lot of you have, have uh, heard of it and seen it on the internet. And even though it wasn't Metroid related at all, I still thought it was really cool as a Nintendo fan to see all that stuff come out. It's kind of like, you know, it's unearthing like treasure from like your childhood and like something you haven't seen like in so long or something that might you thought existed but didn't. I don't know. I thought it was just like it, it filled me with so much wonder and like enthusiasm and energy. And it was really cool seeing all that kind of stuff. 
Um, I don't know. I thought it was awesome, and I and also made me wish that there was a, a Metroid game around on the N64 that we could have gotten some beta elements from, too. Yeah, and we are going to be covering what we think a potential N64 Metroid game could have looked like. You know, I know that I was kind of poo-pooing on uh, the leaks or whatever you before were. the show started, Dak, but there are two things, actually, that did stick out to me that I thought were cool. One... You mentioned how there was the Yoshi beta. Yeah. And I love that Yoshi basically looked like he did in the Super Mario Bros. movie, which was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love the Super Mario Bros. movie. And, it, you know, it was it was pretty cool to me as, the, as a Zelda fan to see that originally it looks like one of the original concepts for Majora's Mask was to actually have seven days instead of three days. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was kind of cool thinking about um, what could have been in, in that certain scenario. But, um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff out there. Uh, we, ha- we have some very Zelda-centric articles over on ZeldaDungeon.net if you guys feel like checking that out. Uh, lots of stuff about Zelda 2 Remake. Um, and then there's, of course, some stuff floating out about uh, all the all the hidden gems in, in Mario 64, which I guess was almost called Ultra Mario at one point. Oh, I didn't so. hear that. Really? That's <laughs> I would have played actually, Ultra Mario. They even designed the the word Ultra in the same font as huh. um, like the Mario logo. It, it's kind of it's you know what it's pretty cool actually. That's what I'm saying. So that's man. out there. That's out there if you guys want to take a look. Um, before we get into Metroid Five, let's also talk about what was kind of a story, but also not really a story. Mm-hmm. It's something that's been known about for a while. Um, Brie Larson has once again voiced up and said that she wants to play Samus in a Metroid movie. It uh, seemed like a lot of people were talking about this this week. We actually tweeted out our old episode all about what we want from a Metroid movie, which you can check out in our archives. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I just want to voice my support again for, you know, good on Brie Larson for kind of campaigning about a role that she really wants. It, will it ever happen? No, probably not. Um, but you know what? That's okay. That's fine. And I, you know what? The more I think about it, I know a lot of people seem to hate Brie Larson for some reason. The more I think about it, I actually I think she's fine. I think she'd make a good Samus because I feel like the the thing that really that really makes uh, a good portrayal is like passion for that character. We kind of saw it with the Witcher series and how Henry Cavill really wanted to be Geralt of Rivia. So like you know I feel like if by some miracle this movie ever happened and they got Brie, uh, I feel like her passion alone would probably carry it to be a decent movie if nothing else. Yeah, I agree. I think she's a great actress. Uh, people seem to not like her because she's opinionated and vocal, which I don't have a problem with and has nothing to do with her acting ability. Um, and I think there was a discussion of like, well, how much of a Metroid fan is she? Does she only like Samus because she plays Smash Brothers? I don't really care about that stuff, you know, and, and if someone's going to campaign for a Metroid movie and have them be involved in it, by all means, go for it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, um, y- yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so it's really kind of a non-issue, but I... I don't know. I, I hate seeing like people on the internet just like go absolutely just crazy over something like this, yeah. especially with someone who they don't know personally and would do a fine job. So I don't know. I personally would like to see Charlize Theron play Samus. I think Brie Larson would be great too. Um, and a Metroid movie, as much as it, you know, people might be afraid it could you know ruin the franchise or be botched or be bad or blah blah blah. Um, hey, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing. But we all know it's not going to happen, uh, so it's not something to lose sleep over. Um, I thought it was pretty much a non-news thing because this has kind of happened in the past. She's you know said this before, um, but yeah, I, I mean, hey, if, if you know seeing someone in the mainstream talk about Metroid at all, I think is cool. Yeah. And so that's what I took away from it. 
I, I was about to say, man, like, if if nothing else, Brie Larson has tweeted about a Metroid movie. She has 2 million followers on Twitter. She, exactly. she tweeted a, a wicked image about, uh, it was her with kind of the mock-up uh, Samus helmet. It actually looks like super badass it's a really cool yeah image i think by boss, boss logic. logic yeah i was yeah. gonna say boss logic does some really cool photoshops been following him for a while on twitter and i saw that i was like yeah that's this is what i like to see dude it, it looks so cool and so just for brie larson to like retweet that like we've got one hundred and fifteen thousand people that like that image that maybe didn't know what metroid was before exactly. maybe they're gonna check it out so exactly. i'm all about that Yep, that's what I took away from it. Um, so yeah, hey, and maybe we're wrong. Maybe a Metroid movie. Maybe like, oh, we'll actually make it this time. <laughs> It'll come out in hey, twenty-five maybe. years. So who knows? And and to your point, I I don't care if she's only a casual fan of Metroid. If, if yeah, somebody with her platform is like saying, you know, this would be cool, and here's here's a Metroid to my two million followers. I'm down with that. If you like Metroid, I don't care how or why you like Metroid. You know, I mean, I got into Metroid through Smash Brothers. I don't think there's any problem with that, and I don't think she needs to know the whole Metroid wiki to to play Samus. You know, if she likes Samus, she can play Samus. Who cares? I 100% agree with you. All right, let's uh, let's get to what everybody is here for, Dak. Yeah. Last week, uh, Doomnal. Doominimal. God damn, I just butchered, I butchered it again. Doominimal. Uh, so he, he asked us what our uh, ideal plot for a Metroid 5 game would be. And this was inspired, of course, by our buds over at Shine Sparkers putting out an article written by Darren Kerwin, and he detailed all of the things that he wanted to see in Metroid 5. I actually, I really wanted to read it, but I didn't want to read it and then kind of subliminally like take some ideas from uh, from his suggestions. So I held off until last night. I wrote my plot for Metroid 5 at about 1 in the morning and then I finally checked it out. It's a great article. It's over on Shine Sparkers if you want to go and check it out. Um they they definitely kind of got the the ball rolling on what plot elements we want to see in Metroid 5, but we are here to take that ball and uh, run it over the finish line. Dak, you were telling me earlier that you've had the idea of what you want to see for Metroid 5 in your head for like over a decade. Um, let's start with you. <laughs> well, I have put big pressure on me, man. It's it's like the you know the the general idea of what I've wanted to see and like the 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 concepts and and whatnot what I wanted to see in a Metroid 5 game. Yes, that's you know I've been on my mind for a while. Um, but the actually how it would play out, you know, I haven't really like you know never really super thought it out because like you know. I want to see how the game would do it, you know? I want to see how they would actually do it in real life. Um, <clears throat> so I was actually hoping to hear your first, but I'll go. I'll start with mine first. I got it all written down, um, and I will preface it with it's not perfect, and I'm sure that I, I, could, of course. I, could, I could sit down and uh, – I think my dog just sneezed. Wow. Uh, that was loud. Uh, and Bless you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and really could flesh out even more and can make it even better. But I think this would be the general gist of what I would like to see. So, yeah, of course that goes without saying we, we came up with these pitches. We're not story writers. We're, you know, we're fans and this is what we would want to see. I mean, you know, story writers in the sense that, yeah, but, um, I'm excited to hear your pitch and, uh, I guess, I guess the, uh, the floor is yours. All right. So. So my so Metroid Five, right? Whatever it'd be called. I think we can agree though. I I would like to be called uh, have it called Metroid Dread, but Metroid Five, right? Metroid Five. So it starts right at the big at at the end of Fusion. Like there's no separation. It's start finish start finish right there. Like immediately right after Metroid Fusion, beginning of the game. 
Samus is warned of incoming Federation vessels immediately. They're unmarked, though, and they're not signaling for her to stop. They're going after her immediately. So Samus is involved in this immediate intro sequence where she is fighting off multiple un- unmanned, feder- unmarked Dark Federation ships in the vacuum. And she's take and she has all her upgrades right because as you all know in my uh you know potential metroid 5 game she doesn't lose any of the stuff she had in the previous game she starts with and keeps it so she has all that stuff from the previous game and she is just taking on these ships one by one she's supported by adam ai and her ship and she's just blasting through these ships boom 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 just going through like a human missile just destroying them one after another after another it's a small fleet of ships but she's taking them on she's at full power destroying them right so she's doing this, but it is a pretty hard fight. It's like one on 10, one on 20 in terms of these ships and drones. And she's taking them on one by one, fighting them off in the vacuum, trying to, you know, cling to a surface here, go in here, grapple into another one, destroying it. Boom, boom huge stuff going <laughs> off, right? But it's getting harder and harder. The ships, though, they realize this is a hard fight. They, t- they can't just immediately take on Samus Aran. She's the strongest warrior in the galaxy. So they start to retreat a little bit. A wormhole appears. The Federation has been working on, if you all remember from Metroid Prime 3, towards the end of that game, they actually, uh, you know, they take control of one of the Leviathans and use that to generate a wormhole at the end of that game, if you remember that. Uh, so they, right. so they've, they've created technology based on that from Metroid Prime 3. So they can create wormholes and use that to bring their ships in and out, right? So the ships are trying to evacuate and trying to get out because it's like, damn, we can't take Samus on. They're, they're stragglers. They're trying to survive. And Samus like, F that. You're not getting out of here. She starts shooting at the wormhole. She's trying to destroy it. She's trying to disrupt it. Any kind of means to make sure she can try to, uh, you know, get a survivor, a witness, something. Trying to figure out what are these unmarked dark Federation ships coming after her, right? The wormhole reacts violently. It starts sucking everything in. Sucks Samus in. Sucks debris from the fight. Adam in the ship. And she gets thrown into this wormhole. And Adam is able to come in and follow her just in time. The end, right. end of the first intro sequence. Next section. Samus ends up on the other side of this wormhole. There's debris from the fight. The Adam ship, you know, is right there. And she's floating in space. She's in an uncharted area of the galaxy. Near a desolate planet she's never seen before. The debris starts to fall on rain onto this planet like a cascading thunderstorm as it falls from orbit. Samus gets picked up from the vacuum of space by Adam's ship and is taken to the surface. Meanwhile, the corrupt overseer from Fusion, if you remember who the, from, from Fusion, um, yeah. works in secret on destroying Samus's public image and fabricating evidence against her to convince the actual leaders of the Federation, as the Federation overall is a good, you know, mostly good, uh, non-corrupt organization. Uh, not, not comments on capitalism and government in the real world right now, but let's, let's for all case and points in this story, the Federation overall, the leaders, they mean well, they're good, but this part of the Federation isn't, uh, the smaller one. And this overseer is working in this small, dark, corrupt part of the Federation to destroy Samus's image and uh and fabricate more evidence against her she didn't just destroy the bsl she planned on doing it from the start of the mission in fusion they say she didn't just destroy right. the x she took the x with her and she's going to use the x against the federation all lies used to turn samus into the enemy so back on the sh- back on the planet samus is exploring this desolate planet multiple biomes she's exploring the remnants of what seems like an abandoned federation uh colony there's an empty abandoned city she goes through it. She's reflecting on what she wants at the moment. All the things that she's gone through in life. 
She wants a safe haven. She wants. A, she's done with this fighting. She's done with the Federation. She's done with the X. The, all of it. She just wants. She wants to just be done with it. So she wants a safe haven. She wishes the Chozo could give that to her. She reminisces on the old days. She wishes the Chozo were around to give that safe haven to her. That drives her curiosity as she's exploring this planet a little bit. She learns more about seemingly what the how the Federation treats its common people on a far out colony, uh, and then she finds survivors, human survivors. She starts to help these survivors and is, and is exploring, looking for more. They tell her she's not alone on this planet. So she goes deeper, and she goes deeper into the surface of the planet. There, she finds evidence, you know, she finds catacombs, caves. She finds evidence of civilization. Then she finds evidence of, of, of science and experimentation, human experimentation happening under the surface in these, these catacombs and these structures, laboratories deep under the planet's surface. She takes and forages and upgrades what she can, where she can. Right. And she sees that some of these places have been lived in. That's where she comes across what seems like an halluc a hallucination of sorts. Living, breathing Chozo occupying the planet beneath the surface. It's like a dream. She meets Chozo who have heard of her stories, know her legend, treat her not like a god, but I'm close to it. And she learns so much. She learns from these young Chozo and, uh, and, what they're, and, and what they're doing, what they've been working on. But then she learns from those Chozo what the Federation are up to currently. The Chozo tell her that they're broadcasting her bounty throughout the galaxy and spreading those lies I mentioned earlier. Destroying her public image and turning everyone against her. The longer she's there, though, her and Adam realize that not everything seems so hunky-dory. It's Chozo militaristic. They're radicalized. They want Samus to join them on their next mission. They want to strike back at the Federation, which at first Samus is like, hmm, that's not a bad idea. But Samus doesn't really want that. She wants peace. She just wants to clear her name, and she wants to stop fighting. The Chozo push her and push her. They train her more. They give her some new upgrades. They show her what they're capable of, what, her, what she's capable of, and more. She smartly takes what upgrades and, and information what she can, but she doesn't indulge too much. Unbeknownst to her on the side, one of these Chozo wants to cash in on that bounty and have told the Dark Federation where she is and where they are. Around the same time, Samus is exploring more of the Chozo area on her own, despite many of these areas being off-limits. She learns what has happened on this planet was not caused by the Federation, but by those Chozo, as well as the human experimentation, all done by the Chozo. She finds more evidence of more ex-parasite experimentation. They are hell-bent on using it as a bioweapon, just like the Federation. She finds feral clones of the X, clones of clones, of clones of clones, these lines of just constantly cloned to create these sick and abnormal abominations. And she finds fellow clones of the SAX and of Ridley. Of course, you got to have Ridley in this game. Clones <laughs> even farther removed from their originals. They almost look somewhat even like almost unrecognizable. She learns this and she's rocked. She, she, what she, you know, she knows the galaxy is full of, of bad people and bad things, but even still, it changes her image of the Chozo. She shouldn't be surprised and she really isn't, but it still weighs deep. Her image of the Chozo is tainted, but she still knows there's good in the Chozo, just maybe not here. She's like, well, I got to destroy this. I got to. <laughs> Let's do it. So she starts destroying it all. 
and makes her escape with a Chozo hot on her tail. They can't have this. They can't stand this. And she's destroying everything. As she does, though, the, uh, does so, the unmarked Dark Federation encroach on her position as they've been tipped off to where she is. So now, as she's getting back to the surface with the Chozo hot on her tail, rising up behind her like hot magma, the Federation are coming from orbit, and she's fighting a war on two fronts, two enemies right at the same time. Then the Federation are starting to land on the planet, trying to get footing, and the Chozo start to attack them. It's an all-out war. It's chaos as all three forces are going at each other. And Samus is just trying to get out of there. She knows she has to end this. In the heat of the battle, the unmarked Dark Federation try to wormhole in more forces. And you, in this opportunity, Samus gets in the ship, she flies out there, and after heat, another heated battle, she uses that wormhole to escape. She ends up in a huge Federation capital city, where she sees all the lies and her new image right in front of her, being plastered and broadcasted everywhere. She's truly being marked as a criminal, and her crimes are listed alongside her. She goes deep into the capital city, still on the run. Final act! We're in the capital city. Adam says there's surveillance footage from the BSL. It must be somewhere. It's in the archives. And combined with that, plus the recordings of the communications from Fusion that he had with the corrupt overseer and his underlings, altogether, Samus should be able to use that to clear her name. The whole capital city is on alert, with the bounty still on Samus's head. She's getting attacked from vigilantes. Even average citizens look at her with, you know, disdain and hatred. She goes deeper and deeper, and she gets what she needs, but it's hard. You know, it, the, the, the security of the, the capital city and all these different hunters and the vigilantes coming after her, trying to get the bounty. The, the Marines and the police trying to capture and arrest her. All coming at her at the same time. And she goes deeper and deeper into this huge military-industrial complex, this huge uh, structure and, and, or, and, and building of this capital city. She's trying to get into the depths of it and get what she needs. During this, as all those things get crazy, the Chozo make their way through that wormhole and they begin to start attack the Federation capital city. So there's a, the whole war that starts fighting right on the, on the outside of the city and in the city itself as Samus is going farther. The whole capital city is on alert. Everything is just cr absolutely crazy. She gets the evidence she needs. And while she does, though, she finds old, old footage of herself on past missions. On the, on, in the academy, she reminisces again. But she realizes all good things have to come to an end. She gets back out and takes control of a Chozo ship. Which she uses to try and get away a little bit. Where she finds that Ridley clone from earlier. Stowed away on the ship. It's sick. It's dying. But it's still lethal. It's, 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 on, it's on the edge. It's like fight or flight at all times. Samus decides... I, Ridley, I'm going to let you loose and let you do your thing. And Ridley goes out and starts attacking the feds and the Chozo, attacks, attacking everything, giving Samus a much-needed distraction. She gets back out, and she realizes she has to now broadcast what she has. As the Marines and the police and everyone is, is slowly and slowly, but very, very surely, maybe not even slowly, very rapidly, encroaching on her and getting closer to capturing her. She goes to where she has to find the best possible broadcast position, whatever that is, um, and is getting there and fights her way through that. She's getting through these unmanned drones and these Marines. Every, she's fighting every, every, the Chozo, everyone to get to this position. However, when she finally gets there, she realizes the Ridley X clone is committing wanton carnage. And it's hurting civilians as well. And Samus has realized the mistake she's made. In the heat of all of this, she realizes she can't just destroy everything. No matter how much she just wants this all to end. She goes back 
and she fights Ridley again. She's like, all right, I'm taking your ass out one more time. And she does so. She destroys the Ridley X clone. And then she thanks him for the help in the end and knows she'll probably see him again. And winks at the camera. Maybe not. <laughs> Finally, she's able to broadcast all of her stuff in front of everybody, just as those fed police and the Marines are about to arrest her. She states her case and broadcasts it in front of everybody. And everybody sees the truth. They see not only her truth, but what the Federation had been doing with the the, the secret research on the Metroids and the X-Parasite and the BSL and the whole cover-up and everything. Everything gets exposed right then and there. And Samus clears her name. With, okay. with her name cleared, she helps the good Federation Marines who are just about to arrest her take out the dark unmarked, you know, the dark Federation forces and the Chozo. Together, they work together and they clear out the city and end the fight. And they win. Samus destroys the bad Federation and, and, and pushes the Chozo back. In the end... The corrupt Federation members, they're, they're beaten, they're charged, and they're sentenced. The rogue Chozo slip away, hurt and battered, through their wormholes, and the fight ends. And Samus, and the, at the end of the day, resigns from the Federation. And the epilogue, everything with, with the, the city rebuilding, and the good Federation forces taking care of the corrupt charge members, Samus knows that it's not the end of it. There will always be corrupt members of the Federation. There will always be bad people in it, and there will always be those Chozo still out there lingering in space. So like I said, she resigns. She's done with it. She goes off on her own in the epilogue, not as a Federation bounty hunter, a warrior, or a soldier, but as a regular civilian looking for another Chozo colony, hoping they're different, hoping she can spend her time there in peace. Finn. Okay. That's my okay. game. Okay, yours definitely wrapped up a lot more loose ends than mine did. I I left mine on somewhat of a yeah. A I definitely I definitely wrote mine to like wrap up like a lot of stuff. That's I want I want closure. I feel like after I, all this, I time, feel like my only well, I feel like one of my one of my my biggest critique would be like that's that's almost like closure on the Metroid series. Yeah, in in a way it would be. Yeah, I think it okay. would be that would that was my intent. Yeah, it would be a closure like the the what we've known so far for sure. Okay. Um, okay, and so this, it, and I mean, it's not really related to story, but like, it, this is a 2D game, right? That we're talking, Metroid? Yeah, 5? yeah, this is, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, this, okay. I mean, well, I, you know, hey man, there's a part of me, uh, yeah. there's a part of me that would always want it to be a Metroid Prime game for sure, because all of that would, be, how sick would that be as a first person shooter? It would be so good, but uh, yeah, it would be a 2D game. Uh, I, I like what, I like where you're going there. I like kind of the idea that you had with Ridley in particular. I have something of a similar sort of similar idea um but kind of different well before but hold on before you go on i just wanted to say that you know at least with my intent on on writing it and how i wanted it is that, yeah i definitely wanted to to tie up stuff i wanted to incorporate elements of like what we learned in samus returns obviously taking a little right. bit yeah i'm not crime. done talking about yours yet. oh i'm I, sorry i still have a few things um but yeah, yeah um yeah so our main setting for this game is going to be um, on on like the dark cho or I guess the dark chozo planet and then the uh, the galactic federation city. Yeah, those would be your two your two main locations. Okay, so um, I get and I guess you can kind of make the chozo planet like whatever you wanted to be like different areas and stuff because yeah. that's it, it's more like a gameplay thing than a story thing. But that's always important to me is to have like different kind of 
like i think fusion did it really well where like you have your your ice sector and like your water sector and you know what i mean like that kind yeah, of stuff yeah i would i was thinking it would be like you would have the surface which would have like the abandoned city and a couple different biomes and and whatnot and then yeah you would have like the inner surface which would be like caves catacombs and then uh you know the the inner like chozo city which would be even deeper and have multiple levels to it as well right okay so that's cool so we got we get a callback to the dark chozo from samus returns i'm presuming mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah that's 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 kind of you know i wanted to them to be like the younger right. you know darker rogue chozo that we saw in, in samus returns yeah um so i th- i wonder how so I'm, I'm assuming that, and again, this is kind of like gameplay. It's not story, but uh, I feel like they're kind of entwined. Would you be able to like switch once you kind of go back and like once you're at the Galactic Federation City, go back to no. uh, the Chozo planet? No, that would be once you like, once that starts, that's where you are. See that that's the only thing I don't really like because like for me, I'm just like, okay, well, like I miss a lot of power ups along the way. So like, I want to go back and like sweep the board kind of thing. Um, so I, I think if we could think of a way to get back there, that might, well, really they, Hey, she me. could jump back on that wormhole and, and, and yeah, go back. I, I mean, the it's, wormhole would it's still as simple be as there. just like, yeah, you, I mean, you could make up any reason you want. It's, I you think it, I mean? it's it would like, be like, um, I was thinking that like, once you, once you st- get to the, the point where you're starting to, um, like, uh, you know, infiltrate like the secret Chozo stuff, like that would kind of, right. that's kind of like where you can't really go back you know it's it starts you know like pushing you forward um yeah i didn't really think about that actually i i didn't it, i definitely didn't when writing it intend for samus you know story-wise to be able to go back um so like gameplay wise i'm not sure because like you know she should have everything at that point um yeah that's i didn't think about that um yeah i definitely intended it as like once you got to the capital city like you're you're right. there and that would be kind of it um, and again, like, uh, I feel like I'm repeating myself and like, but it's not really like, it doesn't pertain to story, but like you, like, at least in mine, I kind of had him in the back of my head, like, okay, how would I also weave like the typical, like getting all the items in Metroid into the story to make it hmm. like make sense. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing that I considered when I was, uh, writing up mine. So I think that for, for, at least for me, like when I'm playing 2d Metroid, like kind of, I don't want to say the story is secondary, but a, a big part of my enjoyment of those games is like going back and like you know, getting all the upgrades, all the, all the like really hard missile expansions and stuff like that stuff you don't even need, but it's just like, I just want a hundred percent it. Right. Oh, for sure. This would definitely be a game where like, you got to make sure you've gotten the stuff before you go too far. Cause then you can't, yeah. you can't go back. Um, but yeah, this is for me, this would be a game that definitely, uh, leaned more on, not more on story than gameplay, but like would definitely lean on story right. a lot. Cause that's a lot of it would be very important to, wrapping up a lot of these plot lines um yeah i think it would be kind of uh possibly difficult to not difficult but i would have to think more on like how logically she would be able to go back but i think you know on the chosa plan there would definitely be a good amount of opportunities to like go back and get stuff before like the plot continues to kind of push you forward um but yeah i actually i didn't think about that too much because i was like i was just like let's get this i almost wonder I wonder too if like at, at, you're kind of talking about the the dog fight in space at the very beginning. I almost wonder if that would be kind of a cool little oh that not, would not be like so a mini sick. game, but like to control Samus's ship in space and stuff like that. Like I think that'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, part of it would be like controlling the ship and then also working in tandem with the ship to like get from one ship to another or to support you in a fight 
and stuff like that, like, and being able to, like, command it to do one thing or, like, set it to do something or then maybe hop in it real quick. Yeah. Like, I, I think that intro sequence would be so sick. Yeah, I think that that would be pretty cool. Um, okay, you know what? I'm I'm about what you've written so far. I think that's a cool concept. But I, Dak, I'm going to give you my concept, which I think is very cool. Although, I'm going to preface it with, I feel like you're going to hate it. Well, hey, man, <laughs> which... I, I'm happy that you like mine to an extent, because I wasn't sure how you were going to like mine, because I know it's kind of, it's more story than than gameplay. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be pleasantly surprised. Let it rip. All right, well, uh, it, I know that you're going to hate one part in particular, so just, actually, two parts in particular, so just... Does it not have let Ridley? Me, let me explain when I get there. I'll, I'll, um, I will preface that if it doesn't have Ridley, that's okay. Uh, you know what? I'll just, uh, I'll go ahead and we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> all, okay. right, all right. So, so I also uh, called it Metroid Dread, but when I was writing this, I was like, okay, well, I don't want it, uh, like, I don't want to call it Metroid Dread just because that's the name of a cancelled game from forever ago. If we're going to call it that it needs to make sense. So I eventually thought of a reason to have it make sense. But before we get there, I want to set a few things on the table here. Um, so I kind of took a, a somewhat of a different direction where like, I, I don't really, I want to have like a fresh start from the events of fusion um, to a certain extent in that I don't, I think that Sam is absorbing the SAX at the end of fusion cures, whatever the X did to her DNA. It makes her be able to put on her regular suits. It allows her to, to go back to zero suit form and it just it, it basically cures her of the x infestation so that that's done it's over with um i also think that uh that we leave the x like kind of we let them we let them lay they were a good antagonist for metroid fusion but i feel like they were more so just like a means to expose the the corruption of the federation more so than a than a constant threat that i want present in like the metroid series going forward so the x is is pretty much going to stay retired um as you know i don't really love adam however i feel like it wouldn't make sense for him not to be in this game so i'm going to kind of compromise here and say what what my ideal role for adam would be is have him as almost like um the colonel role from metal gear solid where he's kind of giving you the the spiel about like this is your mission and like uh, he's he's gonna lay it out at the beginning and like kind of an intro prologue scene and like he he lays it out and then once you're inside you're inside and you're cut off from communication so like adam is still on the outside but and he's still there but he's not like overbearingly communicating with you at all times because to me the big thing in metroid is like the isolation that samus experiences and and fusion you know being a fantastic game that it is breaks that just a little bit for me so uh we're gonna have adam just on the on the outside so this is going to be the first chapter in samus's fight against the corrupt galactic federation um you know i've seen a lot of people say that like samus should be on the run from them and the federation's coming after her with their full force i don't buy that not the samus Aran that i know i think that samus would take the fight to the federation so with that being said we're finally at the start of the game Adam, being a defector of kind of the, the Dark Federation, I'll call him, to, to steal your term, he tells Samus of a top-secret weapon and R&D facility that Samus intends to break into and basically appropriate all of their items. This R&D facility is called the Dreadnought. So it's a secret location, it's off the books, it's a big thing in space, nobody knows about it except for the Dark Federation, which Am uh, Adam was a part of. 
So Samus is going to break in. Now, the Dreadnought is built like an impenetrable fortress. And uh, like I kind of alluded to last week, Samus will basically have to get down into her Zero Suit in order to sneak in without being detected. The Federation knows that Samus is coming after them after the events of Fusion. This can be set, I don't know, maybe a couple months after. And uh, they've they've rigged up this, this station, even though nobody knows about it, they've rigged it up to basically yeah, sound the alarm if there are any signs of Samus Aran's power suit life, which they have on record. So to get inside, Samus needs to get into her Zero Suit. But the silver lining is that Adam tells Samus of a top secret weapon that they are being or that they have developed inside called the dread suit final name pending uh, so the dread suit is basically a uh, their version of Samus Aran's power suit so Samus will sneak in and her first priority is to steal it and when she steals it this immediately gives her abilities such as the morph ball speed boosting missiles high jump plasma beam um, pretty much her whole arsenal but she just has to get there first so the the opening salvo to this game is somewhat of a stealth uh, intro segment akin to this to the segment in zero mission so once samus finally gets there and steals the dread suit and she's equipped and uh she she's good to go now another thing about the dread suit is that this allows her to hack into the dreadnought's controls which lets her open certain doors it lets her use her scan visor to to scan like for story and information and stuff like that we're going to be stealing a little bit from the prime series and then one thing that I thought would be cool is that uh, the Dreadnought will be equipped with some different kind of gravity rooms. So by controlling the Dreadnought's controls, she can actually like rotate and flip rooms around to like kind of do puzzles and stuff that way. So she's got this Dread suit. She is maxed out. She's got all of her weapons. She's got, you know, partial control over the ship. And, uh, you know, she's, she's looking like she's going to go and, and basically steal this suit and walk out of there and have one of the biggest weapons that the Galactic Federation has uh, and turn it against them. Unfortunately, right as soon as she's about to get out of there, the Dreadnought's alarms go off and something has been released inside the facility. Uh, this causes an immediate lockdown and Samus cannot evacuate. So not only this, whatever is released inside the Dreadnought releases all of the other bioweapons and creatures and monsters and stuff that they have been working on in there. And they basically kill all of the human staff aboard the Dreadnought. So we have nothing except for Samus and all of these monsters left inside the Dreadnought. So at this point, Samus is going to progress through the game uh, kind of as normal. So she's going to get, you know, she's going to get some new power-ups. She'll get her missile expansions, power bomb expansions, whatever. But there will also be, and this kind of bleeds into gameplay... There's going to be new beams that are only compatible with the Dreadsuit. There's going to be different ways to speed boost and shine spark. There's going to be a different screw attack. All, all this different stuff. Um, and also, Samus can also revert back to the Zero Suit if she wants, if she chooses to go through certain rooms in a stealthy manner rather than go full guns a-blasting. Again, this is, kind of, this is kind of gameplay related, but I, I thought that these would be cool tweaks. Now... Towards kind of the, the middle end-ish, Samus is going to eventually find a lone survivor on the Dreadnought, and it just so happens to be the scientist in charge of everything on the ship. Dak, you're going to hate this, but Samus finds Madeline Bergman. Now... Oh my god. Yes, I, I know. I wasn't, I wasn't going to go there, but 
I feel like it would be better to have a callback than to invent a new scientist out of thin air. So I know that you're going to hate that, but that's okay. So Bergman will tell Samus that recently uh, the Galactic Federation found something that they have been looking for for a long, long time and that the Dreadsuit wasn't the, the, the main weapon that Adam thought it was. It was actually something else that they found. What they had found was a new species of life so valuable it would make even the X look weak by comparison. She tells Samus that they found several of these creatures, but brought back three reaching early adolescence. The three creatures broke out and is the cause of all the commotion happening in the Dreadnought. Samus vows to find the creatures and take them out. At the same time, the Galactic Federation has caught wind of Samus' intrusion into the Dreadnought and has sent in reinforcements. A special elimination unit led by Admiral Dane. Of course, we know Dane from Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. So Dane and his troops are on the way to neutralize Samus. Now, after maximizing the Dreadsuit to 100% firepower and abilities, everything like that, Samus has got all of her different power-ups. She eventually tracks down the species that Bergman has been talking about. Space Dragons. The same species that the former Ridley was a member of. Now, Ridley, as we know, was defeated in Super Metroid. His clone was defeated in Metroid Fusion. But we have finally found out what species he is. And now we have not one, not two, but three adolescent space dragons that could potentially grow up to be akin to Ridley. So, Samus knows that these space dragons are going to pose a huge threat to the galaxy because, you know, one Ridley was bad enough, let alone potentially three, and potentially the rest of them on whatever planet the Galactic Federation found them on. So Samus will have a climatic battle, uh, climactic battle, sorry, with uh, the three adolescent space dragons. And, uh, you know, these guys are showing intelligence and strength, and it's it's obvious that when they reach their full maturity... The three of them working together are going to be an unstoppable force. So Samus decides that she needs to take them down right then, right now. However, just as she's trying to finish them off, Dane finally shows up and confronts Samus. Dane is pleading with Samus, begging her uh, to leave the Dreadnought and forget that this happened because he is he doesn't want to kill an old friend. He's trying to explain that the Galactic Federation is taking the Space Pirate's greatest weapon, which was Ridley, and turning it against them. And Samus is, of course, having absolutely none of it. She knows, she knows that these Space Dragons can't be controlled, that eventually they will rebel against the Galactic Federation. Dane, resigned, finally goes and says, Well, Samus, I suppose we have to do this the hard way. The final boss of the game, Samus will fight off against Admiral Dane. He's got like a really badass looking... I don't know, like a Gundam mech or something. We can we can play around with that. But he's in this really cool, like, mechanoid. And they have a really awesome space battle. And eventually it ends the only way that, of course, it can. With Samus having to uh, eliminate her, her former friend. So, at the end, Admiral Dane is no more. However, this has led the Space Dragons to be able to flee off of the Dreadnought and into space. Um, Madeline Bergman sets off the ship's self-destruct signal to take down all of the rest of the creatures on the ship and to eliminate any of the of the evidence of what happened, uh, any of the evidence of where the space dragons came from, 
and Samus has to rush out of there in order to make it out alive. Samus boards her ship, vowing to find the three space dragons and hunt down the Galactic Federation that made her destroy a former friend. Now the credits are rolling, but in the ending secret hidden scene, obtainable only if you get 100% of the items, you will see a scene with the Overseer, and he will be on the phone with someone. We don't have to see who it is, but basically he will be saying that uh, he'll be revealing the existence of even more Metroid breeding programs and have it revealed that the introduction of Metroids to the new strand of Aeon from the Dark Chozo has caused them to mutate into different evolutions that we never knew was possible. Roll credits. Done. Finished. Dak, I know you hate Madeline Bergman, but what do you think? Man, you really wrote Other M2. What the... F- <laughs> um, oh, I was not expecting that. Uh, yeah, you know... <clears throat> I don't hate it. I don't I don't hate it. I think what I hate the most is the Ridley thing, but I won't say hate because I don't hate that. I don't think I don't I don't I don't hate it. I think I, I don't like using hatred. Hatred is strong really. The only thing I hate is other M. But I don't hate your idea, Andy. I think it's actually pretty good. Um I think uh I also thought it was funny that you also did a callback to Metroid Prime three, uh just like I did. Um and uh Hmm I, I like my callbacks. Now hold on, hold on. Let me let me explain something about Ridley really quick, because I I knew you'd be disappointed that I didn't put Ridley in my game. No 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 no. I'm not. I'm actually not. Because actually, when I was writing my story, Ridley originally wasn't in it. I actually, I Ridley wasn't in my story, so I have no problem with that. Um, I think my my problem my thing with Ridley is that I don't accept the other M explanation of what Ridley is, and I don't think that there's a um a Ridley species, right? So there's just one, right? I'm not interested in multiple Ridleys or Ridley species and all that. I like that. There's just one individual one. Um, but I don't think it's a bad idea and I wouldn't hate, I don't, I don't hate that. I don't like that. There's another M character in the game, but I understand your reasoning for it. And I think that's fine. I think actually the thing that probably doesn't vibe with you the most is that like, it has that other M feel of like I'm on another ship contained on another ship with bioweapons being released or whatever. It felt like when you were set when, before you mentioned Bergman, I was like, this feels like other M to me <laughs> when you're talking about it, like going into another ship with the weird name and it's specifically doing, you know, things on there that we've seen the Federation do before. Um, gameplay wise, I think it sounds cool um, and sounds fun. Um but I also think that we're, we clearly want different things from this sequel. I want closure yes. and you want, you know, continuing of stuff. Um, well, I mean, I, I don't ever want closure on the Metroid series. I don't want closure I on the that... series, but I do want closure on some stuff that we've been seeing for a while. Because I think that's good storytelling. I like some stuff, you know, there's room for new stuff. Um, I, don't, I don't hate your idea, Andy. Do I like it more than mine? Absolutely not. Um, I think I'm kind of over the contained ship Metroid thing. Um, you know, I want to explore a planet. I want to go to different locations. Um, I'm not a big fan of the multiple Ridley's thing. I like just one Ridley and the, the, the weight and gratitude and, 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 uh, whatnot of that. Um, but, um, and the, the, the Admiral Dane thing is kind of interesting though. Um, I don't, I don't hate it, but, uh, I, that's not where I would have gone with it. I but I I don't hate it, and I think it's it would be cool to the do the stealth thing again, and to 
uh, go through the ship and kind of have like control of the ship in a little bit of a way. Um, no, I, I don't hate it, but it, it does ring very other M to me, which is like, uh, I don't know if I want that, but I don't hate it, man. I don't hate it. Well, so a few things here. Um, there, there's sort of, I, I guess you can maybe say that there are other M esque things. However, I think that we've both said on the show that what other M was trying to do in theory wasn't a bad idea. It was just executed absolutely horribly. Right. So like, yeah. I, I think that you can like execute this in the right way. Um, but to go back to Ridley for a second, uh, you know, part of me was just like, I feel like part of the fun of Ridley is not knowing, but at the same time, I want Ridley in Metroid, but at the same time, like Ridley, it, it's becoming a joke now where like, he's just, he's died so many times and it's just like, it's not, to me, it's not feasible to bring him back, like bring Ridley, the character back because like, no, for sure. I, I don't, I don't want him to be like that comedy kind of character. Like I want him to be this big, intense dude that, that, you know, you get, you get scared of. And like, that really is, is kind of the thing when you fight Ridley, it's like, it's like, man, this is a, it's a big fight feel. It's this intimidating monster. So my idea with Ridley is almost just like, you know, have it, have it almost again, go back to alien where like in the first movie, there is this sense of dread when you're, you know, this one xenomorph is stalking you. Right. But in the second movie, it's just like, there's like a ton of these things now. Now I think the second movie actually had way too many, but <laughs> in, in Metroid dread, it's like, Oh my God, now there's three of them. We, we could barely deal with one, but let alone three. And I think that that kind of sets it up in like maybe the next one where like you can, you can have Ridley, but it's not Ridley, but you know, and, and I'm not, we're not going to do any of that evolution garbage from other end. Like it's just like they're space dragons. That's their species or whatever. Um, yeah. So it, that was my way of including Ridley into the proceedings without like including Ridley. And I think it's kind of like a soft reset because from there you can like, I think that, I think that you're right. Like my game is almost like a soft reset for the Metroid series and yours is like kind of a, a very much like a continuation or a, or a closure rather. Yeah. Yeah. The, sure. the only thing, I guess like the only thing in, in retrospect, like I, I agree with you. I, I feel like I like my idea I'm uh, sure you do. Yeah, I'm sure you like your idea and I like my idea. Yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> the only like the only thing that I'm hung up on with yours is like it doesn't like it's a great story. It just doesn't feel like like a Metroid game to me. You know what I mean? Like there Yeah, but yours seems like a uh, reminds me of the bad one. <laughs> mine is like mine is a very it's a very much a Metroid it, game. Yeah, well because again, I didn't really write mine in terms of like gameplay, you know, cuz like I was thinking right, of the right. plot. Um you know, when I'm imagining it, I'm imagining in my game, you're exploring the planet. You're ex There's a lot of exploration and looking for things and unearthing stuff. Um, but then there are very much like, you know, sequences that will direct you forward and aren't as much exploration to it. Um, I just wanted to get away from the like contained in a ship thing that we've done a bunch of times. And yeah, I did want closure in my stuff. My thing with Ridley too is that I didn't, I like continuing what Ridley is, even if he is dead, like whether it's he's a clone of a clone or a clone, or he's a hallucination, or he's a dream, or he's a ghost, or whatever it is, because he's dead or whatever, whatever. Um, I didn't want, I, you know, I think it still kind of gives permanence and mortality to what he's doing because it's not really Ridley, but the image is still there. It sort of still makes it real in a way. And, uh, right. and that's why in mine, 
I like, you know, okay, Samus, like, kind of uses Ridley knowing that what Ridley is capable of because she's fought him so many times, but then still has to go back and kind of, you know, tame him and, and take care of him at the end. Um, so it still has that, like, uh, you know, Ridley is still super powerful and dangerous, but you know it's not the same Ridley and Samus knows that she can kind of take care of it, um, which by this point in the story I think is very reasonable because of how many times um, – they've faced off and I, and I think having that lingering because eventually at least you know let's say there was another game after my game right in that game there might not be a Ridley but maybe Ridley might dream about him or there might be a hallucination like that I think that would be a good continuation that's still Ridley, I want Ridley to haunt Samus for the rest of her life whether or not he's okay. actually there or not I don't need Ridley to actually exist he Ridley could be dead permanently and that's fine but the image and haunting of Ridley I think is still very important and is a big part of Samus' character and for me is a big part of why I like Metro the relationship between Samus and Ridley not necessarily Ridley fighting a space dragon who isn't Ridley you know I the the specific relationship right. between the two of them is very important to me um <laughs> you know it, but yeah it, it's funny because because what you just said gives me flashbacks of other M and the scene that I hated the most where like Samus is so crippled by fear from Ridley that she just no, no, no I'm not do saying anything. crippled I'm saying haunted like the thing is that like I, I I agree I hated that I don't want her to be crippled but I don't want that image to go away she should still always have that in her head it should still always be something that is a part of her life but it should never be crippled by it which is again kind okay. of the the point I was going through where she learns about the Chozo being you know all that and learns all that stuff it shouldn't be something that like shocks her and surprises her she'd be disappointed and be like this is the reality that she knew, but didn't really want to believe, you know? Um, but so I think that basically yeah. we're like, we both want Ridley there, but we both are kind of at the same point where it's like, how do you get Ridley back without him losing like big credibility coming back from the dead again? Um, I, yeah. you know, and I think there's the hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like actually you mentioned hallucination. I'll, I'll bring up an example. Um, in Batman Arkham Knight, like the Joker was was dead. Spoilers in Arkham in Arkham City, and I think that they did a cool job with how they brought him yeah. into that game. I I don't know if it would like I I don't see it the same way for Metroid, but like I I think what we both were agreeing on is that like we have to create a way to get Ridley into this game mm -hmm. because he he is like Samus's natural antagonist, um, and I think that so so you went the cloning route and I kind of went the. Um, the legacy route where it's like basically create new Ridley's. Yeah. So I think that, I think that both kind of have their drawbacks and both have their merits. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I th Another thing. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I just think it's interesting because I really love Ridley and you put more Ridley into yours than I did, you know? Uh, yeah. But that's the thing is that I, for, for me, Ridley doesn't need to be the main character of the game. He doesn't have to be the, the main antagonist or anything. In a way, he is a plot device, but I think that's fine. You know, I think him being, you know, ancillary to the plot is okay. Um, you know, and, and, and how he works with the plot in my story, you know, he's not at all a major part of the story, but does play a, an important role. Is always kind of, you know, something that I've liked about Ridley. He doesn't have to be the main bad guy, but he still plays that role and still has a hand in things. I just thought that was interesting right. that you, you, you made him like a much more important character and like seemingly leading into other games. Whereas for me, he'll still kind of stay not the main character in these games. Even if there was like a sequel to mine, you know, he would probably even show up even less, but I think, right. uh, it would still be important how he would show up. Um, you know, but again, I think that's, you know, 
I, I, it's interesting how we looking at, you know, the future of Metroid in terms of what we want. Cause yeah, you definitely want like more co continuation, like a soft reboot almost. And I'm like, let's, let's wrap it up, not wrap up the whole <laughs> franchise, but like, I would love to see like the end of it and, and where it all goes and, and, and leads down to yeah. and something new. Um, and that's why I was really I mean, you know, yeah. looking forward to doing this. Cause it shows, you know, different wants of what we want from the same games we both enjoy. Yeah, I mean, my Metroid Five for sure leads into Metroid Six, probably Metroid Seven, to be to be frank. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds like what you're building sounds like a, the first game of like a, a new trilogy almost to me. It, it almost is, yeah. Yeah, mine, mine yeah. felt like it would be it like if there were a sequel to mine, it would certainly lead off. Like I would envision like the sequel would take place right after my game, and it would be Samus, like I said, looking for that Chozo safe haven. But that would be the only that would be it. That would be there would be no. Uh, you know, there'd be very little uh, connection otherwise. So something that I noticed from both of our pitches, and correct me if I'm wrong about yours, but I think that it's funny that both of our pitches for Metroid 5 have no Metroids, like anywhere. Um, Was there Metroids in your game? Yeah, I, I guess I, I, I guess I didn't outright uh, stay, say it. I should have, but um, uh, there would be Metroids in the the Chozo experimentation uh, areas. So I. I that's that's a miss a miss uh, a misstep on my part where she gets to like the human experimentation and the X uh, experimentation there would be Metroid experimentation in fact there would be experimentation on mixing Metroids and X parasites and mixing Metroids and humans together um, and like a Metroid human hybrid maybe uh, so actually yeah there would be there would be Metroids um, but you're right they wouldn't be a, a, a main focus really. So that's a yeah, good point. you know, I I didn't really work Metroids anywhere into to my um, game, and I didn't really mix the Chozo in either. Which yeah, you I didn't was mix the Chozo at all, which I think would be yeah. very important in mine. Mine's very much about the Chozo, very very much. So uh, like, uh, that's kind of why I put in that. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I put in that after credit scene to to set up Metroid Six because I was like, okay, well maybe Metroid Five can just like take place you know directly or like somewhat after fusion and, and deal with kind of the consequences of that and then we can look forward and, and kind of deal with the consequences of sam's returns mm -hmm. after um but yeah when i when i was doing this and like like i said i was up i just like inspiration hit me at about 12 45 at night and i was just <laughs> typing away at, <laughs> late at night but uh, when i was done i was like oh damn i didn't have the chozo oh damn i don't have metroids anywhere <laughs> right like, and i was just like makes a metroid game um yeah, yeah i was definitely so I, was, thinking, I was just like whatever you no know, i mean i was thinking like yeah i was like let's take what's in samus returns what happened in fusion all that and let's let's make it happen and have it happen and and kind of and kind of finish but there would certainly still be like elements in the previous ones but that is interesting yeah i didn't really think about that they just uh you know i was very hell-bent on like let's <laughs> the plot going forward with the the first i for me a lot of the sequel is uh is less about the metroids and more about Samus with the Chozo and Samus versus the Federation. And like, as you yeah. said in the beginning of your pitch that you don't believe that, you know, Samus would be like, you know, immediately hunted by the Federation or run away or whatever. At least in mine, I, Samus was kind of like not running away. She kind of gets pulled into the wormhole or whatever. Um, but I do think Samus would be immediately marked as a criminal and there would be that direct confrontation. And that's kind of as a player yeah. too, 
just beside you know other than the story as a player i want to fight the federation i want to kind of give them their just desserts or the you know the dark federation branch whatever it is um i can't that's a lot of this for me would be kind of like satisfying those things that i've been looking for for the past 20 years like all right let me give that let me get that direct battle with the federation let me get that direct meeting with the chozo let me get that direct revelation of all this stuff and have it play out um but yeah, that's how I was looking at it. But I, honestly, man, I I was expecting I was expecting worse. But uh, you kept saying, "Oh, you're not gonna like it. You're not gonna like it." So I was like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Like he's writing other M two, and you kind of did. Um, but I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I I think that I, I knew that I knew that you'd hate Matt. Once you said that, I was like, "Oh my!" God. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you. I even even I kind of hate Madeline. But I was just like, I was like, okay, would it be better to have? like a, a new original character created for this role yes. or would it be better to have a callback to other M and it might be better to have an original character. Created, you, see, you acknowledge other M. I don't, I do not acknowledge <laughs> other M in the Metroid Canon. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. It just goes from super Metroid diffusion. Other M didn't happen. Uh, whereas you acknowledge it as a real thing. And unfortunately we live in your reality. So uh, that's what it is. Also, you, you mentioned Admiral Dane, um, I, in my story, I think he would also appear as well. He would be uh, a character as part of like the the good federation. He would be a character that like the overseers convincing, you know, uh, right. you know of Samus's bad image. He's like, well, I don't really know. He's like, but look at this. She wasn't really doing that. She was doing more than that. She's not the person you thought. All that. Um, you know what? I a hundred percent. I didn't actually uh, explain that very well. I I wouldn't say that he's in on it. He was just like directed to by like the corrupt like uh, officials of the galactic federation like samus is now your enemy like you have like i think dane is still a good guy and even even though samus is fighting yes, yeah, yes. yeah yeah i was with you there. when you mentioned him i was like oh yeah yeah he would 100 percent be involved which i thought was funny because i mentioned prime 3 directly and didn't even really think of him um he kind of blends in with like lord hood and other halo characters to me <laughs> um and and whatnot but uh yeah no i think i yeah. i like tying like the the 2d games to the prime games i, I, I really like that I, yeah i i i think that's I, we both of us uh, of us had elements uh of that so yeah i think i think we'd have some good metroid games here man i think like even um this is this is gameplay related it's not story related but like i think like even you could do visors and stuff in in 2d metroid like just have I'll just use like X-ray as example. You could equip the X-ray visor, and your whole screen just turns into to X-ray mode or whatever. Like I think that that would be cool. Yeah, I, want, I would. I definitely want to go back and think more of like the things Samus would get because I think she would want to. She would get kind of these like Chozo based upgrades and all of that, and the and the things that she finds that are you know the experimentation, all that. She would pull from that as well too. Um, yeah, this makes me want to go back and really think more about like the the gameplay elements of it as well. Um, now that I've heard yours. Well, hey, we, we can definitely do that on a future show let's here. Ma but, let's make um, our games. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I'm not going to lie. I'd play both of these games. I would, too. I would play – hey, man, I would play your game. I, I would definitely groan when I see Madeline. I'd be like, um, <laughs> can I shoot her? <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I would play it. I You know, I, I, I'd be willing to say that, like, me – we could just probably replace Madeline with a, a new original character maybe. Uh, maybe there's someone Adeline. else in the series. I don't know. Adeline Hergman. Yeah, yeah so, someone like that. Um, okay, well, there there is our Metroid 5 uh, pitches. Um, so, Doominimal, uh, you had to wait a week, but there you go. Uh, we want to know what you think of our pitches, and uh, would you, you know, do you think our games sound cool? What would your pitch be? Uh, let us know over on Twitter. And, of course, uh, if you haven't checked it out already, go and read the original article 
over on Shine Sparkers by Darren Kerwin. It's a pretty cool ideas in there. He actually mentioned the uh, the decors and the Edicoons, which neither of us touched on. But, oh yeah, uh, shout out to those little about guys. Those guys, yeah, maybe they, I guess they would be if you save the animals. Oh oh my god, would this be like a split timeline situation where like if you did or did not save the animals? I, I think that saving happen? the animals is canon. I I I truly think it is because like the the. The final shot of Metroid Fusion is the the Edicoons and Takora's sleeping. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. So maybe uh, I have to go back and work them in too. They'll they'll just be on the ship. You can play around with them when you're on the ship. I don't know, but yeah, that's yeah, a good point. I, I like that. <laughs> All right, well there it is. Uh, we want to know what you think of our pitches. We want to hear your pitches, and uh, we want you to let us know over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. Uh, check us out on Twitter as well. I'm at Spateri316 and Dak is at The Rapture underscore. Uh, we're going to get out of here, but we hope that you enjoyed this episode and uh, hope that you guys are checking us out over on iTunes and Podbean and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe to the Omega Metroid Pod and uh, recommend us to a Metroid fan in your life. Tell them where they can get their weekly Metroid fix. Uh, We're out of here. We will see you guys next week. We're going to be chatting about Samus on the N64. Until then, 